Hello and welcome to another episode of Unlock Tone series of the Beta Talks. I am your host Satish. In this episode, we will be discussing about what challenges the business are facing in the current pandemic situation and what is the way forward for these businesses. We all know due to the current pandemic situation, many businesses are at the verge of bankruptcy or facing some serious challenges. even though sectors like fmcg have somehow recovered many sectors like aviation real estate and small scale industries msmes are facing some serious challenges to discuss about this issue and to give his valuable insights today we have with us a very special guest mr arindam mukhopadhyay vice president and global head of consulting coe from a leading research and advisory company gartner Sir, welcome to our show. We are very glad and we feel privileged to have you on our show. Before we start the episode, we would like to convey that all the views and opinions expressed are personal and do not purport or to reflect the views or opinions of any institution or organization. Sir, how are you and how are you adjusting to the new normal of working from home? Yeah, thank you very much, SIBM students. I'm really glad to be part of this podcast series, and I'm happy to share my thoughts. The topic is very uh, interesting and very timely, so I'm looking forward to having good interactions. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sir. So before getting into the crux of the topic, can you brief about the current situation of the businesses from the last six months? So how are they dealing with the current pandemic situation? Uh, it would be great to hear from an industry expert like you. Yeah, certainly. So, COVID nineteen has brought unprecedented level of impact. Scale wise, it's much bigger than two thousand eight. The the recession and the economic downturn what we have seen in two thousand eight. And this time, it was very unique because almost all economic activities totally stopped during the pandemic and during the lockdown. So. that had severe impact on almost every industries across the globe and not just that i think there are certain new emerging norms uh, social norms which are which which we are you know facing as day to day you know life is uh, coming back to normal for example there are still travel restrictions there will be physical distancing which is going to be implemented across the places and which will make it even more difficult for businesses to resume their operations resume their supply chain bring back the demand of their products and services and go back to the pre pandemic level of sales so that's the unique nature of this pandemic and i think you know we we are seeing it over the last 3 months or so and also imagine the level of uncertainty here because you don't know really when we are going to see a vaccine and then everything starts you know back to the normal and pre pandemic level of activities so so that's what the brief overview of where we are currently yes sir as you were saying about the uncertainty in the market and also the social distancing norms in our research we we came across i think for the companies to function when they are functioning normally the most important core aspects which they want in their businesses to happen in a seamless way is human resources capital or cash flow suppliers and uncertain demand and in the current covid scenario all these companies are facing and issues with these four attributes so how do you think that businesses will survive with all these challenges and what is the way forward to them yeah sure uh, let me share my view on this 
Uh, so two things we need to understand here. One is that we will have new categorizations of industries depending on how soon one industry can resume their operations versus you know how less so. And then the second is how uh, or which industry will face uh, the pressure to change when they reopen versus less pressure to change. So if we think of you know horizontal scale on left, we have those industries which will most likely open soon and will have less pressure to change. And on the right hand side, we have least likely to open soon and will have highest pressure to change when they reopen. Then we can see a trend which is uh, pretty obvious. And I think you mentioned some of the industries which probably will face more challenges in their you know going back to their pre-pandemic level of business. So if I talk about the, the left-hand side, we have some industries which are, which are critical infrastructure, which are like public health, uh, agriculture, food, electricity, etc. You can understand. I mean, these things will be essential, and these are our lifelines. Uh, then we have essential industries, which are like electronics, food and beverage, uh, maybe some uh, manufacturing, consumables, etc. And then if we move towards right, then we have discretionary uh, industries, which are like luxury goods, like elective medical procedures or luxury automobiles. Uh, I, I think those industries will obviously not be opening most likely and also will pressure the, you know, pressure uh, to change their operating model or business model quite a bit. Also, if we go further right, we'll have some industries which will be by nature people gathering industries. So for example, sports arenas, the movie theaters, restaurants and bars, university colleges, and these are the industries which will be facing a lot more challenge, both in terms of how soon they can reopen and also when they reopen, how they change their operating model or business model. And then further right, we have the support industries, which will be like heavy construction, like shipbuilding or maybe aircraft building or, you know, some heavy industries like steel, aluminum, etc and maintenance and service. So this is a new, uh, you know, emerging trend that we, we will see that industries are reclassified and recategorized based on how soon they can reopen and what would be the pressure they will feel or they will face uh, in order to change their business model and operating model. That's number one. And second thing is actually the post-pandemic planning framework. That's again, a framework developed by Gartner, which says that every industry will not have a you know very uniform path for their recovery i mean every industry probably will have or every enterprise they will have different path of recovery and not just that even different parts within an enterprise may see different uh, different paths to recover back to their original state and what see the potential scenarios you know when the enterprises they're going back or sort of navigating through the pandemic and then coming back to normal, there could be a couple of scenarios. And it's not that everybody is going to go back to normal, go back to or return back to their pre-pandemic level, though probably most of the organizations will do. But then there are other scenarios which could be like some industry, I mean, some enterprise might rescale or reinvent their operations. To give some example, you know, there was a news that, you know, Maruti, Suzuki, they decided to, use their production line to build ventilators. I think that's an innovative way or re reinventing their business model to use this similar kind of facilities they have and, and produce something totally different from what they are known for building. Uh, similarly, if we talk about the hotel industries, there were news around, let's say Marriott tying up with Swiggy to get into the home delivery or food delivery business. 
and that was imperative for them because their normal hotel business was totally down the guests were probably not ready yet uh, to go back to the hotels and hence they used their core competency which is also one part of the hotel business that you know the food and and beverages and they started uh, delivering direct to the customers uh, involving you know a food delivery kind of a system even if i give some example of us we have one excellent example of best buy and if you know best buy they are into the you know the electronics and it peripherals kind of a retailer model and even during the pandemic i mean if if we talk about the uh, time frame like jan to march or even the uh, next quarter their business actually did not suffer a significant loss and they still could manage to have almost like or retain 80% of their sales pre pandemic level of sales during this time and that was significant because a lot of other similar business they suffered quite a bit and what they did was basically they stocked all the right sku's or right products in their stores and they used analytics they used artificial intelligence to understand where the customers will see the most demands or where they will see most demands coming from their customers and they stocked those items and then they operated in a different model for example their uh, stores were converted to the pickup zones and they had uh, customers ordering or placing the orders through on online app and that actually helped to transform and they did that at a scale i mean they did probably across 200 stores across the us so these are different uh, ways to rescale and reinvent the business model and then similarly we are going to also see that some enterprise or some part of the enterprise is going to reduce their operations or maybe even retire some of their services i mean to give example if you talk about travel or cruise industries uh, they are going to suffer a significant setback i mean even uh, when the pandemic is over it, it's not sure whether people will travel as much as they used to do earlier or they will you know uh, go to a cruise where you know there are hundreds of other people in the close proximity and that probably will you know have a high risk of infections and stuff like that also uh, let me give an example of uh, the restaurant chain and and they would be facing again a very severe issue in terms of getting their customers back in their you know the brick and mortar kind of setup and and many restaurants they are trying to go for different business models food delivery home delivery could be one but also there are some interesting emerging trends which are happening in in us in some of the cities in us uh, we have few restaurants who are starting to you know offer you know vegetables and meats and and raw meats raw vegetables uh, to their customers almost like changing their business model totally because they have a strong you know back end uh, integration with the farms or maybe you know the suppliers of those products and now what they are doing they probably can leverage that model and created you know way for their customers to buy and and come and pick up vegetables and essential commodities from their restaurants which for a moment transformed their operating model completely also you know post pandemic the restaurants will have to think that how they bring their customers back and sanitization uh, the safety and healthiness cleanliness everything will be at the forefront of their operations and one of the things which is going to be essential for them is to Uh, make sure that those are very transparent and visible to the customers it it's not good enough that you do only at your kitchen you maintain your hygiene and cleanliness only at your at your kitchen if a customer enters the hotels if they see the tables are not cleaned instantaneously after the previous guests are out 
uh, then obviously the customers will never come back to that restaurant. So I think the cleanliness and hygiene will be at the front and center of how the restaurants will operate and how they think their business going forward. So these are a couple of examples which I wanted you know share, which probably will give you an understanding that how the businesses are going to you know resume their operations and going going to go back to their you know pre-pandemic level. But it's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be going to be challenging and i think as you rightly mentioned the areas all are going to be uh, very important and you know innovation would be at the heart of it that how i can think of new ways of working new models of working because everybody will be working in a new reality and new normal and we'll see how things evolve and how long it takes for the industries to come back to the normal yes sir sir i think you made a very good point like maruti suzuki how it's moving from its uh, core business not moving from its core business but thinking out of the box and manufacturing something as different as a ventilator sir and you also mentioned about the path of recovery for the companies like maruti suzuki or some other company it might be easy uh, to recover from a pandemic situation but when we look at the startup situation today Indian government has a ambitious goal of reaching 5 trillion GDP by the end of 2025. And the government also believes that the startups in India that we have today has a huge role to play. And in the current day scenario in India, when we took the, when we see the India's today's picture, we have somewhere around 39,000 startups and among them more than 33 are unicorns which means they became a well-established companies and they bought in a lot of FTIs into India. And it is also predicted by 2025, there will be somewhere around 1 lakh startups and, and among them, more than 100 of them will be unicorns. So they might emerge as a big businesses. So in the current situation, the startups with the limited resources that they have uh, in terms of finance, in terms of uh, uh, suppliers. Do you think that from the perspective of government, what they can do and what is a way out actually for them? That's an interesting question. I mean, the startup ecosystem in India, I personally believe is very strong and it has done very well. If I specifically look at the past three months, I mean, they have been almost the lifeline for us to survive during the lockdown. I mean, be it health, food delivery, fintech, edtech, etc. Without those startups and the startups which are utilizing the digital ecosystem, they have been very, very instrumental for people to, at least in metros and, and the urban life, to you know continue with, with their lives and day-to-day activities. Uh, but if I talk about the Garden situation, I, I know that India probably would be the third biggest startup ecosystem in the world. But if we think of their you know, global ranking, I, I believe India does not even appear in the top 20. And then there, there are a lot of small countries who are probably way ahead, especially in terms of the overall business environment and quality of these startups. Okay, But as I said, I mean, my strong belief is that the startup ecosystem is very critical backbone of the industry and we have enough focus even from the government to push the startups to do better and, and help them with the proper financing and funding, etc. What I think would be desirable is government's role in pushing rural entrepreneurship opportunities through the startups. I think when we look at startup, we have an understanding that it has to be within the digital ecosystem. It has to be internet-based or IT-based. But I think, you know, one of the 
things which we need to focus more is that how startups can actually create employment opportunities in the rural segment, specifically in the rural segment. And that's something which probably, you know, government can push more and more sectors like agriculture or small and medium industries. I know that there are some schemes, uh, government schemes, which are available, which is to help entrepreneurs uh, to come and create innovative ideas and innovative business model in the agricultural sector. But I think that's probably lacking the focus and, you know, energy and the priorities what government has dedicated for the digital ecosystem and building startups around digital ecosystem. And then also, if I talk about the government's role, they're helping building basic infrastructure, which is required for the startups and their survival. For example, they have uh, schemes to set up incubators or which are basically to help get uh, startups to get the financings or fundings or even uh, to create co-working spaces, etc. But this is not enough. And there is still huge challenge in terms of other infrastructural necessities, for example, in internet, uh, that, that's one. Uh, there could be data privacy related issues and, and lack of policies around that. And these are critical for startups to be succeed, successful. And, and that's what is the, the focus where uh, I think uh, lacking at this point in time. And also, if I talk about, uh, you know, uh, some of the uh, sectors, as I mentioned earlier, supply chain, agriculture, manufacturing, uh, especially in the small and medium sector. And if government can create some more policies and schemes and also focusing that how entrepreneurship in India can actually become job creator rather than just the objective of you know making big money and then becoming an unicorn i think that's what i would expect the government's role should be uh, further support the startup ecosystem in india i know that your question was around how the startups would be surviving the pandemic and i i understand that you know that's the reality and i don't have an easy answer to say that you know the startups can do one two three things and they would be successful it, it's hard time but you know any like any other business and any other enterprise if you are innovative if you have a strong business model uh, and if you are resilient if you have a strong team then definitely will be overcoming these challenging times and you will come out stronger and better yes sir so moving ahead sir for any business the leader is very important in driving the company towards the success and the leaders and the top management will have an important role to play in the success of the business. The decisions that they take will have a direct impact on the performance of the company. And when we are going through our research, we found out that a leading consulting firm suggested that the leader in the current day scenario should act as an attacker. I mean, they should look for the new opportunities in the market, new markets also, uh, like different products. There should be a complete transformation in the strategies, mergers and acquisitions. They should look for the mergers and acquisitions and also technological transformations. So what should the company leaders or the top management do in the current day scenario to make the company a more resilient company for tomorrow? Yes, I absolutely agree with this. Uh, leadership in the time of economic downturn is the most critical factor for any organization to navigate the challenging time and not only that, come out stronger and better. And Gartner calls it uh, winning in the turn, much like in a race circuit, when there is a turn, uh, the average drivers will be very cautious and they will press the brake pedal. 
and most organizations will also behave in the similar fashion when there is a maybe a economic downturn uh, that they will probably be very cautious they will uh, immediately press brake pedal which is like probably go across the board cost cutting measures and wait and watch for the bad time to get away uh, whereas the most successful organization will actually take risks during this turns and that makes them different from the rest right and that actually helps them to become resilient and when the successful organizations they come out of this economic slowdown they really prepared themselves for a very long term successful journey ahead so mainly there are three areas the most efficient leaders they will focus on okay the first one is strategy i mean any organizations when they have set up a strategy uh, that should not just be ignored when there is an economic downturn right i mean if there is a, a bad economic situation uh, you should not keep your focus away from the your core strategy so keeping that focus on your core strategy that's absolutely absolutely important and especially the ones which, which are must have or must done and make sure that you are continuously focusing on the execution part the second is the cost and it's very tempting uh, to reduce uh, spending by cutting product investments laying off staff or reducing capital in investments etc but companies who are prepared to win in turns they recognize that cost optimization instead of across the board spending cut enables it manage cost better but at the same time allows to reinvest into the organizations given an example i i was interacting with a senior vice president of a global consumer appliance brand and he said that most of his innovative innovative products they came during the economic slowdown and that's what the best organizations do they probably will keep focusing on spending and investing on new product development innovations and something which probably will make them stronger when they come out of that difficult time and then the third thing what uh, the top leader should focus on is the talent and having the right team is very uh, important for winning in the turn and this means creating high performing agile and flexible team with a high level of digital dexterity and turns put uh, even the best employees at risk of disengagement as they are asked to uh, do and contribute more and more so it is very important that the leadership understands the challenges and also develop leadership within their talent which will be helping those organizations to propel further and win in the turn now i want to bring another important point here that even if there was no pandemic there would be disruptions right and there are two prominent trends here as that now what we are saying one is that there is an emergence of a customer type which we call everything customer the customers who actually uh, wants conflicting things at the same time often driven by the pervasive technologies uh, for example customers want all the necessary features in a mobile application but at the same time they want it to be effortless or let's say the customers wanting their products to be absolutely personalized but at a cheaper price point and actually technology can bring some of these gaps and the second uh, trend which we are observing is the disruption due to digital giants which is like apple google amazon microsoft facebook these digital giants they are not just you know disrupting their own industries but they're disrupting any other industries okay so that's a major disruption which is happening anyways right and gartner says that organizations must find their equilibrium which is a interesting term tech equilibrium a technology equilibrium point 
which is a right mix of traditional and digital business. And that defines how digital and enterprise needs to be to compete or lead in a digital economy or digital society. And the observation is very interesting. Digital business strategy is about how quickly and how organizations can uh, and how far organizations can digitize their internal operations and their external value propositions. And in 2020 CIU agenda survey, we found that average 20% of the organization's product, service and revenue value propositions are digital and about 39% of their workforce processes and supply chains have been made more effective with digital technologies. But if we compare that with the top performing organizations, their CIOs said that over half of their operations are digitized and one uh, over a third of their value propositions are digitized. And what Gartner says is that currently most organizations, they need to accelerate their digital initiatives to reach their equilibrium point because the farther you are away from the industry's point of equilibrium, the more likely will be disrupted. So, you know, the, the broad context, what I wanted to set is that this is going to be the next new normal, that disruptions would be a normal thing and, and it doesn't need to be waiting for a major economic downturn to happen. And organizations, leading organizations, they need to be always and continuously monitoring and, and finding each other leading indicators that similar disruptions are coming and then preparing themselves to win in the turn. And obviously, leadership plays the most critical and important role to do that. Yes, sir. Sir, as you rightly pointed out, any leader in a business should concentrate on strategy, cost and talent and and a new thing that we learned is everything customer. That was really great to know about that, sir. And moving on towards the last question. As today, we completely discussed at a micro level and we are now going towards the macro level. So we, in the same report which we came across, uh, it reported that in the last decade, almost 1.1 trillion US dollars was invested majorly on value destroying sectors like oil, domestic and financial services which almost constituted to 84%. And only 16% of uh, the total 1.1 trillion US dollars which were invested in the last decade, 16% went to the value creation sectors like IT and pharma. So even after the 1992 liberalization, India, uh, you know, it moved towards the service sector like IT exports, it became a, it became a leader in the IT exports. And we did not concentrate on the manufacturing sector like China and how it became a manufacturing hub today. So by seeing this entire scenario, do you think that the government should rethink its strategy? And uh, if you think so, what can the government of India do for the businesses of tomorrow, both in the private and as well as the public sector? Because we recently have seen privatization of many of the public sectors like coal and power. So what's your take on it, sir? Yeah, sure. Let me share my view on the first question you asked that why we have not invested much in the manufacturing sector and why it was always the uh, service or the IT sector. In my view, you know, at the time when India actually pushed the service sector and specifically the technology or information technology sector at that time, it was an opportune moment. And if that had helped India to leapfrog other nations or other 
you know large countries uh, to gain that early mover advantage in the global marketplace to be known as the primary talent pool and primary you know market for developing those skills and and building those kind of capabilities i think there is nothing wrong and and not just that the it sector and the information technology sector they are actually a job creator sector right i mean they have created millions of jobs uh, from india and also outside uh, so i i don't see that it necessarily has to be always manufacturing first and then everything else but also the point what you brought that's right that should that mean that india continues to ignore manufacturing sector or there should be enough focus given to the manufacturing sector i feel yes of course there has to be a focus on manufacturing sector especially especially speaking if i talk about the government push around of doing business that's something which is very very important and and it's a right uh, focus that our government has and i'm glad that our current government takes a lot of interest and put a lot of focus uh, to move our ranking up uh, in the global ranking table but yes i think there are uh, certain challenges and we need to overcome that for example we we hear a lot of concerns around the implementation of uh, gst framework for example and this needs to be addressed as quickly as possible if we need to move faster on the ground also government should push make in india uh, as a very important initiative to help both the public uh, enterprises as well as the private sector and i think you know the, the focus should be around building core infrastructure road ports infra or even building robust financial system or maybe healthcare among the others and this is the only way we are going to be able to create adequate jobs for the new workforce that would be entering into the market in the coming years so i think i will uh, just leave with this two point but yes i feel that government should focus on uh, manufacturing sector and these are the two things uh, they should continuously drive and make improvement and make tangible improvements in next couple of years to reposition india to be a strong uh, economy globally yes sir rightly pointed out sir and as you are talking about ease of doing business the government push uh, from like 2013 2014 has certainly shown some results like we were somewhere around 130 plus ranking and we have climbed to almost uh, we have come down to almost 63rd rank which is a good sign but i think we also need to go a way forward in this sector and try to create jobs in this as you were pointing out try to create jobs in this manufacturing sector also i think there should be a balance between the manufacturing and so the service sector that's what my take away from this episode with you was yeah totally agree with you yes sir. so that's all from our side sir i guess the inputs given by you had helped our audience in understanding the current scenario in a broader spectrum and finally again a big thank you from our team sir for giving us your valuable time and your valuable insights thank you very much thank you it was uh, very enjoyable i feel that the questions were were uh, intriguing and thought provoking so uh, happy to share my thoughts and I, i hope it was helpful uh, for you to you know get some of the answers thank you audience for listening till the end of the podcast please follow us on all social media platforms this is satish signing off